You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. All right, welcome. So we are doing this series, Back to Basics, and we are looking at several different aspects of the basics of Discovery Church, but also, more importantly, the basics of our faith and basics of our relationship with God. And I am super excited for this week because it is on prayer. Uh, this is a, uh, a topic that is uh, just one that's fun to talk about because there's so many amazing prayer stories, right? If I wanted, I could flip almost anywhere in the Bible and find a prayer story. Uh, for example, there's the story of Hannah, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Uh, it says, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you'll only look out at your servant's misery and remember me. And not forget your servant and give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of my life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. So she's praying and jumping to verse 17. It says, Eli, the priest answered, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went on her way and ate something. And her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. I can just jump in real quick with that story, with uh, dozens of other quick Bible stories of this prayer that's been answered in, in a marvelous, magnificent way. Then there's also stories that are just, you hear these stories of like great ministry people, like uh, of great missionaries like Hudson Taylor. If you guys are familiar with Hudson Taylor, he was a missionary to China, and he, his life is full of just amazing prayer. And he committed his life to prayer, to coming before God in every situation. And so there's a story that they're headed to China, and they're on this boat, and it's off the coast of of New Guinea, and the, the winds die down, and there's a current that's taking it into these reefs. And these reefs happen to be at an island with cannibals. And so there's nothing they can do. The captain is forlorn. He's just, he's lost, and, and he knows the, the ship is about to crash. We're going to get eaten by cannibals. You know, normal day. And so he just is disappointed, and Hudson Taylor is on there, and he says, what's wrong? And, and the captain explains, there's nothing we can do at this point. Well, the current's taking us. There's no wind. And Hudson Taylor says, there is something we can do. There's four of us on this boat that are believers in Christ. And we will go to our rooms and we will pray together the same thing, that the wind will start and it will change. And so the four of them gather and, they, and he tells them what they need to pray. They go to the rooms. Five minutes later, they come up and Hudson Taylor is confident. And he says to the first mate, he says, put down the sail. And the first mate is not a believer. And he says, well, you're crazy. We're going to die. Why are you not getting, you know, why are you not panicking? He said, because I prayed. Put down the sail. He said, there's no breeze. There's no point in putting down the sail. He says, put down the sail. We have prayed. So the first mate eventually relents, puts down the sail. And about a minute later, they see the little flag on top of the pole begin to wobble. And then the sail begins to fill. And the wind comes and takes it the exact opposite direction from this island. And he says in his autobiography, he says that it was at that that I realized that I was to bring every variety of need to God in prayer and to expect that he would honor the name of the Lord Jesus and give help when emergency required. 
This was his testimony of his life. And so I love these prayer stories. You got these stories in the Bible. You got these stories of magnificent people. And then you got stories of just like normal everyday people like you and me that have prayer, that have seen prayer work, that have seen God answer prayers. People that put on their pants one leg at a time, and like you and me, unless you put both on at the same time, which would be awesome. Um, but prayer isn't for normal people. That's what I love about prayer is you got these examples of faith in Scripture. You got these giants like Hudson Taylor, and then you got normal people like you and me that can communicate to God in prayer. When we were getting ready to move from, to Taiwan, we were selling all we had. And, um, in, well, let me rephrase that. I was selling. Sarah was giving away all we had. And she has a much bigger heart than I do. And so uh, we, were, we were getting rid of everything we had. And every time she would post something on Craigslist, every time we would try to sell it, every time when she tried to give it away, she would bathe it in prayer. It didn't matter what it was, whether it was clothing or a piece of furniture, whether it was kids' toys or, or anything. We had a, a three, four-bedroom house that we were narrowing down and getting rid of everything. She prayed over all of it. So we had this washer and dryer, which was really special to her. Uh, it was the high-end, uh, large capacity. Um, we're super frugal, and so we use, like, we watched the sales, and we used every coupon we could and every online discount, and finally got this great deal on it, and we got it, and a few months later, we decided to move to Taiwan. And so now we had to turn around and sell this. And so, so she, she put this online on Craigslist at this crazy discounted price because we were just trying to get rid of everything. But she prayed for it. She prayed specifically that the right person would get this washer and dryer, that God would be guiding the person for this washer and dryer that needed this washer and dryer, not knowing why that person would need it, not knowing why God would intermingle over a washer and dryer, but everything was prayed for. Well, within an hour of posting it, she got this message, said, my wife is going to kill me if you've already sold these. But we are interested in purchasing the washer and dryer, and we'll pay you cash on the spot. Please respond as you receive this email so I can let her know if I'm still her hero or just an old screw-up like she figured. My name is Fred, and I'm a local minister. My phone number is blah, 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 blah. Thanks. So Sarah called him back and, and said, hey, no one's taking the washer and dryer. It's yours. And so they came over, and it was so neat to have this minister's wife and, and this missionary's wife and, and coming together and talking about that they had been praying for a washer and dryer with these exact same specs, but they couldn't afford it. And so they'd been cast out this prayer that they said, God, give us this washer and dryer that we need for this family, but here's our price limit. Here's where we can afford, and it was crazy low, and that happened to be the price limit that Sarah was posting it for. It was just so neat to see these answers to prayer. I love talking about prayer because it's so many stories, so many examples, and it's examples of not what Hudson Taylor did or what Sarah did or what Hannah did. They're stories of what God did, of God communicating with these people, of God saving this ship, or God setting up a perfect wash and dryer, of God providing a baby. And we're going to look at times where we pray, and God has a different answer, and those are hard. But the point of prayer is not to, to get what we want. The point of prayer is not to, be in, to have God in tune with us. It's for us to be in tune with God. 
There's so many amazing, powerful stories of prayer. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at a lot of different scriptures. We look at prayer, looking at the foundation of prayer, why we pray, uh, what the prayer does. Normally, uh, we like to have a passage and kind of work through it. And I don't like to pull out a lot of different scriptures. But in this case, it, it works out better that we just look at the Bible as a whole and look at a lot of different examples uh, of prayer. And so we're going to be looking at several different reasons to pray. First is, God calls us to pray. If, if you haven't been reading through the scripture, if you haven't seen these passages, God calls us to do this. So at times when, if you're struggling to pray, if you feel like, oh, I just, I don't know if I should, I, I don't know if God's listening, I, if I don't feel comfortable, I, it, I don't feel comfortable praying out loud, I, I just, God calls us to do this. This is what we've been called to do. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope. Patience in affliction, faithful in prayer. Ephesians 6, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. These are commands for us. These are not just options for us. These are what we've been told to do. We've been told to devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, pray continually. These aren't just suggestions. These are what we've been called to do. As a dad, I have four kids, and if I ask them to do something, I hope and expect that they would do it. If I ask them to clean their rooms or to set the table, or yesterday while we were driving home from vacation, asked Zinni to take the peanut butter and jelly sandwich off the window. You know, that's normal. And so you ask them to do these things, and you expect them to do it. And if they don't, then they're disobeying. And there's a deeper issue. Same thing is true with prayer. We've been expected to communicate with God. We've been expected to pray. We've been expected to reach out to him, to present all our requests, to present our, our fears, to present our anxieties, to present all this to him. And if we don't do that, there's a deeper issue of us not obeying. Another reason we pray is to follow Jesus' example. Jesus prayed regularly. If we're to be Christians, to take on the name Christ-like, then we need to be like Christ. And we see throughout Scripture, Matthew 14 says, after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Matthew 26, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Luke 6, one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. I could have had another dozen examples of Jesus praying. And so why did Jesus do that? It was because it was his chance to communicate with his Father, to connect with the Creator. It was also his example for us, for the disciples that if we're to say we're a Christian, that we're Christ-like, we need to be like Christ and pray. Prayer is how we communicate with God. This is how we share our worship and our praise. This is how we confess our sins. Prayer is how we give genuine repentance. Prayer is how we present our requests to God. Second Chronicles shares that God wants to hear from us. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face 
and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. This is how God wants us to be. He wants us to communicate, to reach out. He's looking to hear from us. He's looking for us to worship him, to repent, to confess, to request, to give all this to God, to align our hearts with him. Prayer gives us power over evil. There is a spiritual realm, there's a spiritual force that is very real. And our physical strength cannot overcome that, but our spiritual strength can. And this is where we tap into that spiritual strength is through prayer. Ephesians 6 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. It is very real out there, and so let us not lose sight of that. What is, what is out there and attacking? But we need to come before God seeking spiritual strength. As Jesus said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. The Bible's full of examples of why we should pray. But sometimes, sometimes it leads to other questions, Right? What happens? Why don't we always get what we want? I don't know about you, but that sometimes that's a, a question that, that many Christians have, that, that why are, or if I'm praying for this and it seems like a good thing, why does it not happen? Why does it not always work out? There's a passage that's often misinterpreted. Psalm 37, 4. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Sounds like a great passage, right? Sounds like God will give me whatever I want if I, if I just love the Lord. But if you look closely, that's not what that passage is saying. That passage is saying if we delight ourselves in the Lord, if our heart is in line with him, if our heart is focusing on what God wants, then we'll get what our heart wants because our heart is in line with God. It's a hard concept to comprehend. It's, a, it's hard to understand when it seems like we're getting a no from God. But maybe our, the point of prayer is for us to be in line with God. So often we try to get God in line with us in prayer. Sometimes people ask, well, why would I pray if God already knows what will happen? Right? If God already knows the future, Psalm 115 verse 3 tells us our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Why should we then pray? What's the point of prayer if, it's this, if, God's, if it's all in God's hands, if, if the future's already made? And in that, I would say, Christ died on the cross. That was the plan all along, right? That Jesus came to earth on Christmas morning for the sole purpose to die on the cross. But along the way, it took Pilate sending him. It took Judas turning, their backs on, turning his back on him. It took the executioner to put the nail in. It took all those steps for him to die on the cross. God knew the big plan, but also the little means. He, also, he knew everything in between. So sure, some things might happen only happen when we pray for them. That they would not have happened if we weren't praying for them. 
Maybe God's plan is for us to be praying for that, for that then to happen. There's a, a quote that I came across. Um, Sam Storm says, We must never presume God will grant us apart from prayer what he ordained to grant us only by means of prayer. We see throughout Scripture that Moses prayed for food and water for the Israelites, and God gave it. Hannah prayed for a child. God gave it. Elijah prayed for a drought, and then the rain came. That these were all things that God answered those prayers. Sure, I do believe God knew what was going to come anyways. But maybe God intended Elijah to be praying for that rain, for that example to be set, for us in Scripture, for the Israelites to know that prayer was a step to the end result. And so as we come before God and we think, oh, he knows everything already, maybe he knows we're going to be praying for this. And not maybe he knows. What I'm trying to say is he knows. He's called us to pray. He's called us to align our hearts with what's ahead, to be praying. There's a passage in Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this verse because it tells us to come before God with everything. With all of our requests, with all of our anxiety, with everything to come before him. And the peace of God, and it says, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. It doesn't say that the situation changes, right? It doesn't say that that, that hardship that we're struggling with, that, that difficulty, that, that hard situation happened to change, but that God would come over us and he would bring us peace. As we said, there's times, and I'm sure there's times in your life, there's times in my life that I've prayed for something so specifically and that wasn't God's plan. But we see that in the scripture. Take Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It says in Mark 14, going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, and not what I will, but what you will. Jesus still died. The cup was not taken from him. That was his heart's desire, but that wasn't God's plan. Or we see Paul. Paul talks about this thorn in his flesh, right? Second Corinthians says, Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded for the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul wanted this to go away. Three times he prayed for this to go away. And that wasn't God's plan. As we talk about prayer, we'd be do a disservice if we just make prayer sound like this magic genie that everything works out great. Hannah had her baby. The washer and dryer worked out. The Hudson Taylor's boat went away. Paul also continued to have that thorn. Jesus still died on the cross. There's still hard things in our life that what we might be praying isn't God's plan. And so that's where it comes back to the root of what is the point of prayer. It's for us to be in line with God. 
It's for us to be, to have our heart set on him, to delight ourselves in the Lord. Are we doing that? Are, is our prayers focused on God, not just focused on us? What is the focus of our prayer? This morning at the end of service, we're going to encourage everyone. It's going to be a little bottleneck. It'll take a second longer for you guys to get out the normal. But if everyone will go through our prayer room, because we just want you to see this prayer room. I want you to experience what people are doing in this room. Every Sunday morning, we have a prayer team that prays in here, and there's prayer cards up on the wall, and there's someone in there praying and reading scripture and praying for this service. And so on our way out, we're going to go exit through that, that lit up corner to, to see this prayer room. So in the future, when there's a prayer that you have, you might come and drop off a prayer card and let us be praying for you. This is an integral part of who discovery is, is prayer. But I think this should be an integral part of who we are, is prayer. Of who you are today is a time of prayer with God. Remember the lady with the washer and dryer? Never, we weren't quite sure why God had led that connection, right? And maybe it was just they needed a good price and we needed to sell it. But not only did they come and purchase it, they said, hey, do you want to keep it until you, until you move? Which was the one question Sarah was afraid to ask because thought we'd be going to laundromat for the last couple of weeks of our time here in America. And so they let us keep it until the day before and they came and picked it up and we gave them a hug and said goodbye and didn't think much about it. Fast forward six months and we got a little family of four in Taiwan. It's the middle of the day there, 13 hour time difference. And so it's middle of night here and Sarah just had this inkling on her heart that the Holy Spirit had, had placed this on her heart to, to, to think about that, that lady and her washer and dryer. What for? Who knows? But God placed that on her heart, and, and she had this, this desire, this, this inkling that I need to be praying for this woman and for their, her husband. And so she stopped what she was doing. She was with the kids, and, and, and she stopped, and, and we got a one-year-old and three-year-old, and, and she just knelt down and prayed. And she prayed for their safety, and she prayed for whatever situation in the middle of the night in East Tennessee would be going on, but that they would know God's hand on them. And then for some reason, she just felt like God prompting her to, to send this lady an email, and normally she wouldn't do that, but she said, uh, I don't know, God's just leading, us, leading me to let her know that I've been praying for her. And so she got online real quick and sent an email and said, hey, I don't know why I'm sending this to you. I haven't spoke to you in six months, but I want you to know God led me to pray a minute ago for you and your husband. You're in my thoughts and prayers. Right before she closed the computer, a message came up. And the lady wrote back, she said, thank you for that. It's 3 a.m. here. And we're en route to the hospital. Thank you. And thanks to you and to God, we're both weeping. I bless the most holy one for sending my Asian angel. They were on the way to the hospital because he had had a heart attack. They felt all alone. They didn't know who to call because it's the middle of the night. They didn't want to wake up someone. They, they were scared, panicking. And she's in, the, in the, the ambulance with her husband. And she was looking on her phone trying to figure out who to call, who to let them know at three in the morning. And she got an email came up that said someone's praying for her at that moment. 
I love these prayer stories because it's not about Sarah. Sarah's just a normal person. Hudson Taylor's a normal person. Hannah's a normal person. It's about God. And God was able to put his hands around this woman and this man as they're terrified on the way to the hospital and said, I got you. The man ended up being uh, surviving, and, and they were able to go on and share with others that in the midst of an ambulance, God told someone on the other side of the world to pray for us because we were scared. What a beautiful story of prayer. God's got us. Are we in tune with God? Or are we trying to make prayer God in tune with us? We're going to take a minute to pray. And if this is uncomfortable for you, uh, you just got to close your eyes. It's really simple. And just come before the Lord. Tell him about your day. Tell him about your fears. Tell him about something that's heavy on your heart. Maybe this isn't hard for you and, and you're a mighty prayer warrior. And if that's the case, then, then I want to encourage you. Pray for the people next to you. Pray for the people around here. Perhaps during this time of prayer, you need to grab a pen and fill out one of these cards. And when you leave through the prayer room, there's going to be a basket on the table that you could put this prayer card in and, and we could be praying for you. But we're just going to have about a minute to two minutes for you to pray and to close out communing with God and trying to get ourselves in tune with God, not God in tune with us. God, we just lift this up in your name. Let this time of prayer be for you.